Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. Good to see you. If you've not met Tyler and Victoria, they are awesome. Um, And it is just not a slogan that we say. We truly mean it. We really feel like we're better when we're together. And if you are looking for a way to connect like Tyler and Victoria were, um, we've got a great, easy way. Our connect group kickoff on happening August 20th. I know Nicole just talked about it. But man, don't do life alone. Don't don't do life alone. There's a better way to do it, and I got to tell you, we have some awesome people that come to Foundation Church that call it home, and we want you to have that experience that Tyler and Victoria have experienced. Can I tell you, they haven't been coming that long. They started coming around the Easter time, just before that time, and... We want you to experience that. And I got to tell you, this is not, this. I'm going to use a dating line on you. It's not me, it's you. It is. We're, we're good on this end. We want you, want us. Um, we're, we're this needy couple right now, I feel like. Um, but, but we're launching new connect groups, and we would love for you to get plugged in. And if you're looking a place to serve, man, we make it so easy. Grab a Save People, Serve People card and drop it in the offering. Um, you can drop it in the buckets, in the like the boxes out in the lobby. You can hand it to me, a staff member, anybody wearing one of these shirts, hopefully, um, and they'll know what to do with it. Um, before we get going, on our message today. Next week is a big week here at Foundations Church. Next week, August 6th, is the plunge service. Um, On both services, we've got quite a few people that are signed up, and this church is where we celebrate life change, man. And if there's one thing, if we can yell at a concert, if we can get hyped up for a football game, and it's coming, football's coming, we ought to get hyped up, and we ought to get excited about eternities being forever changed. And that's going to be celebrated next week, along with baby dedications, If you haven't got signed up for either one, head to our Connect Center or do it online today because we need to get that down. Last thing is this, is we are starting a new series right after Labor Day that I need your help with. It is called Asking for a Friend, right? Um, We know the line, asking for a friend. You put a Facebook post, asking for a friend. It's not me, it's other people. Um, And there's just some questions that maybe you feel like you ought to know that you just don't ask. Maybe there's some embarrassing questions that you're like, I just don't know what the Bible says about this. Is, is this really what the Bible says, or is this just my opinion? Um, maybe you feel like some subjects or some topics are taboo. Not here. Hey, do this for us. Send your questions. Submit it. You can do it anonymously. We're not going to track. Uh, we're not going to track you down. It's a total anonymous way to do it. But here's why I'm telling you now. Um, I don't prepare messages 
like I didn't prepare today last night. This was prepared way ahead of time um, so that it's good. So we need to get some questions so that we can start tackling some subjects. There's no way we're going to get to all of them, but please submit your questions asking for a friend because it's going to be a great series and we really want to tackle some tough questions. So bring it. Um, Today we are in our series, Ephesians. This is the third week, um, and for all you type A people, you're going to have to take some deep breaths today. You're going to have to breathe in and breathe out, because we're skipping Ephesians 3, which I know is a great chapter, um, but there's just no way I can do six weeks in the book of Ephesians. Um, We've encouraged you guys to get in the Word, to read Ephesians one time a week so that you can be students of the Word, really kickstart your relationship with God and getting back into the Bible. Um, But today I want to talk to you out of Ephesians 4. But here's the deal. We're going to start at the end of Ephesians and end at the beginning of it. And some of you are like, don't do it, Justin. Don't do it. You can't do that. We're going to do that. Um, I'm just dyslexic and ADD enough that it makes sense to my brain. Um, and so today I want to talk to you about muttering must-haves. Muttering must-haves we're going to talk about. And uh, in first service, I didn't even get to my third point. So if you don't watch our midweek at FC, you need to watch our midweek at FC on our YouTube channel um, because I may or may not get to my third point because sometimes I just have fun up here, right? Because church should be fun and life-changing at the same time. So um, here we go. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 through verse 32 says this, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything, everybody say everything. Everything. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Um, We're going to stop at verse 29 because as your pastor, I'm preaching with you today, not at you. Okay, so verse 29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Okay, as your pastor, I'm good on that part, right? Um, When when I leave this part, I'm not a cussing sailor, um, although I've seen plenty of board members, not at our church, but other churches I've been at, about through our board members, like, we need to have a meeting. Um, But... Um, at plenty of churches, I've seen, man, you get out of the parking lot and your kid acts up, you stupid, I mean, you're just going off. And, and here's what it says, don't use foul or abusive language. I, I'm good there. Most of us, probably, let's say 65% of us are probably good at that. It's the next part. <laughs> I struggle. Let everything you say be good and helpful. That's tough. Let me tell you, for all you, I'm not a morning person. Let everything, don't talk to me until I have my coffee. Let everything you say 
be good and helpful because when we say good and helpful things, they are words that will be an encouragement to those who hear them. When I was young, when I was probably, I would say, mid-high, my dad would have the gall and the audacity to ask me to do things around the house. Now, um, as a parent now, I understand this a lot better because I lived in their house for free. I ate their food for free. I had the joy of picking up dog poop for free, of mowing the yard for free, of going on vacations for free. I had to look at my parents and say, are, are you getting this bill or am I? You know, they picked up the tab anytime we went out, right? And so my dad would every once in a while decide that he wanted the dog poop cleaned up off the yard. And we had a German shepherd, so it was like human out there. I was just like, really? And I'm not talking like mow over. I'm talking get a shovel and a trash can and poop. See what I did there? I used poop as a sound system. Anyways, um... <laughs> <laughs> and so I would get, and, and, and when he would ask me, it would like be the heat of the day, and I'm like, well, you know, he would, he would ask me, and I would be like, busy watching TV, Dad, God. And he would ask me to do something. I, would, I was the biggest murmurer. Anybody else, you grew up, you got that kid, and I'd be like, if you want the poop, clean up yourself, old man. You know, um, <laughs> walk to my. Walk to my room, come back and be like, hey, Justin, I don't like the way you mowed the yard. There's a bunch of grass clippings on or you missed the spot. Go out and mow it again. If you're old enough, you can still get up and get on your legs. Maybe you lose some weight if you mowed the yard. You know, and, I, and here's what would happen. Didn't help that I look like Napoleon Dynamo. I was like, oh, um. I'll show you a mid-high picture at some point. And here's what would happen. Stick with me here. We would, my dad would be sitting down. And when I walked off murmuring whatever, he would hear it. And I get it now. I understand why my dad did this. When he heard it, there, there was no warning shots. He didn't tell me he was coming. He didn't tell me he heard me. He just got up and he did a fast parent walk stand up. He just went and just got there like like a ninja like and he would get right to my face he had no personal space there was no brushing of teeth there was no mint pops when you come down to the prayer team we told prayer team pop a mint in before you pray nobody would smell that there was no breath mint there was no cert he would get right there and go what did you say boy what'd you say and I'd be like, nothing, Dad, okay? God, nothing. And I'd start crying. I'm a weeper. Um, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> I didn't mean it, okay, Dad? I'll go clean up the poop. Um, <laughs> it drove my dad nuts. And what would happen when he would leave, he would say a phrase that every parent has probably said to their kid. He would say, son, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. And I got to tell you, for our first point today, I want to echo that phrase to us as followers of Christ. Watch your mouth. You're, you're not in charge of watching what other people say. You can't control what other people say. You can't dictate what other people say. But you can control your response to what people say to you. And Paul is saying this. In chapter 4, verse 29... 
Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words might be an encouragement to those who hear them. What I would say to you today is watch your mouth. Summarizing this, Paul is simply saying in current day, watch what's coming out of your mouth. Watch every day, at every moment, everything you say, watch your mouth. How good are you at watching your mouth? Do, do, does everything you say, are, are you watchful about everything you say, or you just kind of let things fly? Because there's things that Paul talks about in this scripture that we, you, I, need to be watchful of. Parents, we've got to be watchful of what we're saying to our kids. It's not a free pass just because you're their parent. Kids, you need to be watchful what you say to your parents because it says it in Ephesians, honor your father and mother so that you may live a long and prosperous life. They will kill you. <laughs> Cut it short. What'd you say to me? Clean the poop. <laughs> are we watchful? Are, are we watching our mouth when we go to the workplace, when we're hanging out with the guys, when we're hanging out with our girlfriends, when we have people below us, employees that, are, that mess up and they do something that they knew they shouldn't have done, do you just wham like you, ah, did you do? Watch your mouth. And Paul says several things to watch. The first thing is this, angry words, things that we need to be watchful for. Angry words. All of us in this place have probably played the game Angry Birds. You've heard of it. You know, the whole object is if you've never played it, don't start because you won't be able to stop. You, you take a bird and you fling it by a slingshot on your phone and you just try to destroy the pigs, right? The, the buildings, everything else. It sounds like the dumbest game, um, but we bit, we bought into it and it's a phenom now. Can I tell you, man, anytime those birds are hitting it, you're like, bam, explosion. You're trying to destroy things. The moment that they hit something, they destroy it. And can I tell you, it's the same thing when we speak and we spew angry words. When you're angry, you're not watching your mouth. Your words are not good, and they are not helpful, and they are not an encouragement. Most of the time, they're being yelled, which is never a good thing. They are foul. They are abusive. They are name-calling. And they're not helpful and is not what Paul is admonishing us to do. It says this in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who talk, those who love to talk, will reap the consequences. Your mouth, your tongue has the ability to bring life to a relationship or death to it has the ability to bring life to a situation or death to it. Have you ever known a person that you're like, please don't say anything, please don't say anything, please don't open your mouth, because you just, you know what they're getting ready, you're just like, don't do it, don't do it, don't know, and they do it. Because you know it's not helping the situation. Can I tell you, angry words, when they spew out, when they get out, when you just let it, go are not good and helpful. The second type of words that we've got to be 
very careful and watch our mouths about are harsh words. Resentful words. Some of us, we're great at keeping our cool, but we just make really personal, hurtful, hard comments. And we just cut to the chase and we make it super personal. And the Bible says this, hear me, because this, this thing's ripping me up. Instead, be kind to each other. Verse 32 out of Ephesians 4. Don't be hateful, don't be bitter, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, what we're called and how we're called to conduct our life is to be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Let me say, if, if you're in it just to kill the argument, there's a chance you're using harsh words. If you're really quick-witted, I don't want to get in an argument with you because it takes me a while to come up with my response. I'm like, wait, 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 sidebar. Chances are you're probably using harsh words. And those words aren't good and they're not helpful and they're not encouraging. You've got to watch your mouth when it comes to harsh words. The other ones are this, and this is where I struggle, thoughtless words. Right? You just say it before you, you just say it before your brain engages. And I've gotten a lot better at this, but there are times just the other day, I'm not even going to tell you what I asked, um, but I asked Casey a question that I knew I shouldn't have, but I did it anyways. And I, yeah, it was, I mean, we had a two hour conversation about it. I was like, I know I shouldn't ask. I know I shouldn't ask. I know I shouldn't ask. All of you are wondering what I asked. I'm not going to tell you because I'm being thoughtful about my words right now. Can I tell you, a lot of us, we let words go before our brain engages. I, I had to get a lot better at this as a parent because I would say stuff and my kids would hear it and they would repeat it. And not, not foul or abusive words, but like when Chloe was four years old, she got up one Sunday morning in our four and five-year-old room and the teacher said, hey, what'd you guys learn this week? Chloe stands up on her chair and she says, my dad taught me how to say the word dookie. That's great. Great, great job, Pastor. <laughs> now all the kids are like, what's Dookie? And I was just like, not, not what you, you got to be thoughtful of the words that you are using. Watch your mouth because a lot of times if we aren't careful, and one thing I've noticed is that many times thoughtless words become gossip words. Thoughtless words become words of slander, words of talking about other people. And can I tell you, gossip has done more damage in the church and to the church than anything outside the church. It's true. And I say this all the time. I love getting to be the pastor at Foundations Church because what I love is that really, I don't know about drama. As your pastor, I'm not talking about other people to you, to other people. It is a place where we love God, we love people, we allow messes, and we're okay with it because it's Jesus' job to change them, not ours. And I love that that's our church. And can I tell you, you and I are called to watch our mouth when it comes to thoughtless words. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 19 through 21 says this, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. 
The words of the godly are like sterling silver. The heart of a fool is worthless. And hear this point. The words of, God, of the godly encourage many. But fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. Can I tell you there's power in your encouraging words? I don't want this to be a message just about what not to say. Be watch your mouth. But man, let's engage in what we should say. Let's be encouraging. The words of the godly encourage many. Who are you speaking on purpose encouraging words to? Or are you speaking encouraging words to your spouse? Or do you just tell them all that they forgot? All that they're not doing right? Are you talking about all that they are and what they mean? You need to speak encouraging words. If you want your marriage to change, if you want there to be a dynamic shift in your marriage, start speaking encouraging words to your spouse and watch what happens. Parents, are you speaking encouraging words to your kids or are you just getting on to them? Well, they know I love them. No, 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 they don't. They need to hear you speak encouraging words to them. Kids, can I tell you, when you speak an encouraging word to your parent, it changes their whole perspective on everything. It makes going to work on time, working hard, worth it. It makes them wanting to buy you stuff, worth it. It just makes them feel good. It shifts the dynamic of their thinking because you spoke some encouraging word to your parent. Do you speak encouraging words to people you're just trying to impress? Or are you speaking encouraging words to people that need it the most? Because what I find is many times I'm great at speaking encouraging words to others, but not the ones I love the most. And I just want to tell you, there is power of life in your words. And who are you encouraging? Ephesians 4, 29 don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And I would say this. I would say, as your pastor, this is not in the Bible because it wasn't around. But let your post on social media be good and helpful. Let them be an encouragement to those who read them. I, I, some of us need a journal more than we need Facebook. Can I just tell you that? The best investment you can make is a journal and journal some of those things instead of just airing them out. Just being honest. It's not in the Bible, but just a really good train of thought. What would happen in the, in, in the realm of Facebook and social media just period if instead of fighting about with everyone and everybody, nothing, I've never seen anybody come to Jesus because somebody started getting an argument. I've seen plenty of people leave the church because people get mad and upset on Facebook and on Twitter. Let everything you speak be an encouragement to those who hear them. One thing I've noticed is that when we start speaking the right things, there's a direct correlation to us getting along with one another. When we speak well to one another, we get along with one another. And the second thing I would want to tell you today is that unity is intentional, not accidental. Us getting along is intentional. It, it doesn't just happen 
by happenstance. It has to be intentional. It's not accidental. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 3 through 6 says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and in all and living through all. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. Not common interest but with peace, binding yourselves together with peace. If you think unity happens just by walking to a church and walking in a church, you're crazy. If, if you think unity happens just by going home, you're crazy. Can I tell you, when I was growing up, I have an older sister. She's the meanest person growing up I ever met. She's sweet now as can be. And I've always said I've never hit a woman, only my sister, um, because... <laughs> Mom and dad left the house, and I mean, she would kick the mess out of me and get on the couch, and her feet are up, and I would die bomb. I was going for her face. I'll hit you, girl. <laughs> Unity did not happen in our house. It had to be worked for. I love my sister now, but man, it had to be worked for. Can I tell you, when I go home this afternoon, Charlie and Chloe could be like just hanging out, doing their own thing, and something's going to happen, something dumb, something ridiculous that shouldn't even be an issue is an issue, and guess what? There's going to be unity that happens, but it ain't going to happen unintentionally. Oh, I'm going to be there, be the peacemaker, because it doesn't happen by accident. Unity doesn't happen in your marriage by accident. You have to work at it. Unity doesn't happen in this church. We have to work at it. And I got to tell you, there's going to be times and there's going to be people that there's just people that are going to walk into these doors that get on your nerves. It's true. There's going to be people that walk into Foundations Church and hear me that you don't like. I don't like them. Well, it doesn't matter. You're called to love them. We're called to reach all people, not just the people we like, right? And we as a church are called to be one, to unify ourselves through peace, making every effort. That means we're putting in effort to be kind to one another, to be nice to one another, to speak to one another. And I, what I would tell you is this, is don't let what bugs you destroy you. Don't let what bugs you about a person destroy your relationship. Don't want, let what bugs you about a person in the church make you leave the church. That's the dumbest reason I've ever heard for leaving a church. Why well, somebody got on my nerves? Come on. You don't leave your family because one of your family members gets on your nerves and you got one. Don't, don't lie. You got one. But Psalms chapter 23 verse 5 says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Psalms 23 is known as the shepherd's psalm. And when we read this, David has written the psalm 
from a shepherd's point of view. And when we read this part, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. What, what, what does this mean? David is talking from a shepherd's perspective to the sheep and a sheep's biggest nemesis, the thing that bugged a sheep the most is something called a nasal fly. And a nasal fly, its purpose, its hope was to get into, and this is a little gross, but stick with me, um, is to fly into the nose of a sheep and to lay its eggs, to deposit its eggs inside the wet part of a sheep's nose. And when it would lay those eggs, if it was successful, that would hatch into a larva, kind of a worm-like larva, that would climb up into the soft membrane tissue of that sheep. And as you can imagine, it was super irritable, it caused inflammation, and there was nothing the sheep could do to get relief. And in the present, and then literally in, in the, the, the fact or the matter when a sheep had this going on, the thing that was literally bugging it, it would run everywhere as fast as it could to get relief because it didn't know what else to do. It was trying to just get away from what was bugging it, but the, you know I know it wasn't going to get any relief. Sheeps would bang their heads against a, a tree or a rock or the ground. And in many cases, and it's very severe cases, it would actually kill itself by banging its head on a tree, on a stump to get relief. But when it's saying this, when it's saying this verse, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. A good shepherd. And Jesus called a good shepherd. He describes himself as, I am the good shepherd. When he would see what was going on with his herd, with the sheep, he would take a home remedy. He would mix an oil that was full of oil and linseed oil and, and sulfur and tar, and he would mix this concoction together, and he would take this out, and he would literally spread it and smear it all over the sheep's head. He would put it within the sheep's nose so that literally what was trying to bug it, what was trying to deposit itself into that sheep's life couldn't take hold so that what was bugging it wouldn't destroy it. And can I tell you that's what Jesus has done for you, what he's done for me, is that he's saying, you know what? On your own, you can't do this. I close with this. On, on your own, you can't live out Ephesians chapter 4. You can't let and allow every good, every word that comes out of your mouth to be good and helpful. But if you'll come to me, even when people are bugging you, even when situations are hard, even when things are distracting you, if you will allow me, I'm a good shepherd and I will anoint your head with oil. I will put my anointing, my empowerment on your life so that even in the presence of your enemies, even when people don't like you, even when people are saying negative things about you, even when you're caught in negative situations, your cup can be overflowing because you're operating out of anointing that's not your own. That's what God wants to do. That's what he wants to speak into your life into my life and so this morning I would tell you I would repeat man how are you at watching your mouth are you murmuring as you go through life mumbling 
Are you watchful? Are you careful about what you speak? Because God wants to use your life. He wants to use my life to speak life, to speak encouragement to those that are closest to us, to the person that you're going to go to the restaurant and you're going to be your waiter or waitress. That person needs you to speak and be purposeful in speaking life into their life. You can't do that on your own because you'll get bogged down by what's bugging you, what's irritating you, what's going wrong. You need to come to your great shepherd, your good shepherd, and allow him to anoint your head with oil so that we can be the church he's called us to be that is unified in spirit, that's intentional about allowing peace to bind us together. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. And God, I just ask right now that you would move in our life, in our heart. There's some of us that, God, this is really a tough message for us. It's one of those messages that we we hear and we want to make exceptions to situations. We want to make exceptions to the talk. We want to make exceptions to what we've said to our reaction. But Lord, I pray this morning that we would just take inventory. This isn't preached out of trying to be condemning. But Lord, our goal is not to be better than our neighbor or better than our friend or better than our coworker. It's to be the best us that you've created us to be. And so, Lord, I pray that we would take a look inside and that, Lord, as this song says, that we would let you have it all. Lord, every word that comes out of our mouth, I pray that we would watch that we would watch our mouth so that it would be good and helpful and encouraging to those who hear it, that the, the words of the godly are encouraging to many. Lord, I pray, let that be our life. Lord, I pray, let this be a church that we're intentional about staying in unity and togetherness so that we can reach this world for your kingdom. Lord, I love you and I thank you for it. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning, you say, Justin, I'm here and I've never asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. We want to give you that chance. Today you may be here and and maybe you just drifted. Maybe you're just away from him and today you need to get it right. You need to recommit your life to him. Can I tell you, don't wait for the next day or when everything's going to be great because there's never going to be a perfect opportunity. There is this opportunity. And when I count to three, if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. That's it. Because we believe God sees a raised hand and he changes a heart. If that's you, when I get to three, I just want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone here this morning? You say, Justin, that's me today. There's one hand. There's two hands. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands. Yeah, I see you. There's three. There's four. You say, Justin, that's me today. And I want to join these four hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. If you, Yeah, I see your hand. There's five. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. And I just need to get some things corrected. I need to make a first time choice or I need to make, man, a recommitment today before we go any further in service. Is there anybody else you join?
join these hands that are lifted before we go any further. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And God, I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up. But Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Can we give these five individuals that raise their hand a huge round of applause? Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.